Well, that's it for this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. Look for more information on faithfl.org or certainly reach out to the office if you would like to receive weekly email updates. Thank you. The Gospel reading from the second chapter of Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city called a city of David called Bethlehem, because he was a descendant from the house of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While there While they were there, the time came for her to deliver the child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in the manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of the great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child, And all all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. The word of the Lord. Grace and peace to you, my friends in faith. Now, you know the story, right? I mean, like, it's... It's the story that you gather with loved ones to hear year after year. Part of your family tradition, you know, it depends on how you look at it. It could be a redemption story or about reconciliation, bringing about a new way of, li- of living, uh, being able to find some peace. You know, it's a story that uh, takes many different directions. It's, it's that story that, to be honest with you, could be any one of these stories. Elf? White Christmas, Polar Express, It's a Wonderful Life, A Christmas Story, uh, Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, Home Alone 2, as somebody likes. Nobody really remembers Home Alone 3. Uh, and then, of course, Christmas Chronicles and, and uh, you know, the, all the versions of the Grinch. You know, whatever it is, whatever it is that comes together in that Christmas canon of movies, 
And while it may be open for debate, most of us have some important traditions around whatever those Christmas movies are that we beloved, those beloved movies that we watch, right? I mean, it's part of, uh, some of us have that countdown where we can't wait for December 1st because we know that's when we can start watching the Christmas movies and we don't have to pay $3.99 for them. It's such a great time of year and they fill our hearts and we remember the people that we've watched them with. We, we remember the first time we saw one of these movies. I remember it being a little kid the first time I tried to go to Home Alone and, there was, and it was sold out. I had to wait days to be able to go see Home Alone because it was just so popular. Uh, and, and another movie that has t- uh, truly just uh, taken over my own family is The Polar Express. Uh, this movie came out in 2004. And I remember that uh, Taryn and I went to see this movie in the theater. We loved it. It was one of those movies that we remembered the book and how that, ha- that came to life uh, through this movie. And it was, it's such a great story that we, that we love to be able to, to share. And then the two of us, uh, part of what was going on in our life was that we were about to embark on this journey to go uh, in, in Peace Corps. We were going to be in Uzbekistan, and we ended up going overseas, but not nearly as long as we thought we were. And so soon after we returned to America, we started up a family. And by 2006, that Christmas, that Christmas Eve, we watched that movie. And it was the first time we watched it as parents. And it became a yearly tradition that we would watch this movie. I know that my kids are watching it right now. And if they can finish this movie and go to bed on time, that they get to wake up to the joys of Christmas morning. Like it's become part of, uh, part of our story, right? Like a, a lot of these, these movies do that in our lives. And I think about how the plot of many of these movies, I mean, they're obviously all different in their own right, but they, they have kind of that, that common theme, right? This sense of, you know, there's some sort of conflict or something that needs some reconciliation. There's something that's just a little bit off where, where something needs to be resolved. And no matter how that character or whatever the main character is doing, there's, there's some way that that character is going to be able to do that. Usually by the end of the movie, that reconciliation comes in the form of belief or Christmas spirit or love or joy. You know, whatever it is, there's that aha moment and then the character finally gets it. Now, interestingly enough, you, you think about all those movies and, of, you know, of course, like a movie like Polar Express, you think about how these movies have kind of captured our own imagination and our own uh, way of, of celebrating Christmas. But you can't really think of like a, a movie that just outlines the Christmas story of the real Christmas story. The reason that we're actually here in church to hear the Christmas story. The Christmas story that I'm talking about is the one where there's a baby born in a manger. The story of Jesus. And it's a story that we just heard. It's a story that we hear in the warmth of this sanctuary or in the comforts of our own home. And it's a story about reconciliation And it happens because of our belief in God who loves us. A God who says, I love you and I am going to enter into this world and walk alongside you. So what kind of story is it? And why do we come back year after year after year to hear it? You know, I think it really comes down to the fact that God becomes human. Like us. This Jesus is a baby complete with diaper changes and 2 a.m. feedings. The same Jesus who's comforted and consoled by Mary, who's thinking to herself, why is that drummer over there in the corner playing this solo while I'm trying to get my baby to sleep? You know, it's a story about relationship. It's a story about being relatable, how Jesus is relatable to us because Jesus wants to be 
relatable with us. Jesus walks alongside us, but Jesus also needs to rely on the people who walk alongside him. You know, think about Mary, who is afraid at first to hear this news, yet she embraces the call to be the mother of the Savior of the world. Or Joseph's perspective is told in the Gospel of Matthew, how he detects the threats and is able to protect his son by taking him away from this situation where King Herod is out to get him. And one of the you know, one of the little pot, plot twists that we might not really think about really does revolve around the fact that they had to move locations. You know, the Son of God is not born in a palace, not born in the elite of the, elite, of the elites, the one who's obviously been uh, selected to, to continue this lineage of Herod's. You know, this child has been displaced. He's an unsheltered baby. And I think the goal of Luke as he's writing this is for you to see what's happening and how it unfurls and to say, wow, there is so much tension and conflict in these first two chapters. I can't wait to figure out how this is going to end up. How will this all reconcile? Where is this story going to take me? And I think we see it through small nuggets of where Jesus interacts with people and throughout his whole life, but even in this birth story. You think about the way that the shepherds are impacted, but what about the innkeeper? You know, just kind of this minor character that maybe our brains have said, oh, the innkeeper who can't even make a little bit of room for him in, in this inn. But maybe we've misread the innkeeper. Because I bet the innkeepers had to turn away a few people. Do you think he acted with empathy when he actually saw this unwed couple and they show up with a baby that they're expecting? And all of a sudden the innkeeper, knowing he doesn't have a, a room, thinks, well, I can't let them just go off to the countryside to fend for themselves. Here, use the stable. What happens when there are no rooms? You know, this is something that might be hitting close to home. Have you ever seen what happens when there's a surge of people all trying to go to the same place at the same time? We're seeing it in our hospitals right now, aren't we? I mean, they are, are reaching out, asking, begging, please take care of each other. We can't accommodate all of the people trying to come to the hospital right now. Please do everything you can to take care of each other. And we're seeing the indirect effects of what's going on as this pandemic continues to slog into another year. And it's not just our healthcare system that is completely bearing the, the brunt of it. It's our teachers, it's our paramedics, our police it's other first responders who feel that pressure. It's our airlines and tourism industry. It's our wait staff. It's our service industries that are all experiencing this. We can all relate because we've all been there. We're all seeing it. And it's called the great resignation, but I think it's more accurately thought of as maybe the year that we saw the age of burnout. And so much of this burnout is truly because we're extinguishing each other's flames left and right. We're emotionally reacting to each other and getting impatient, getting anxious, and projecting it on others. And so I'm going to, I'm going to suggest a different way. What if our world saw us reaching out with compassion and empathy? Be like the innkeeper. Think about that. Our attitude, our mindset, it truly matters. In the face of burnout, how are we going to keep each other's candles Lit. How are we going to be able to encourage and care for each other and to love our neighbors when it's really not easy to do? You know, I think we can look to the Christmas story for a little bit of the motivation behind it. 
You know, the, the shepherds truly have this call that, that they don't expect. You see, when the angels left the shepherds and went back into heaven, the, the shepherds turned to each other and they said, well, what do we do now? Well, hey, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. How special did they feel? Wow. God, you're calling us to go to Bethlehem to share this good news? Uh, so, so how do we illustrate that? Like, what do they witness when they go to Bethlehem? And how is it going to change their lives? What are they going to see? Alan, I think it's time. I think it's time to show everybody and illuminate the love. All right, folks, you ready for this? Okay, so... All right, no drum roll, please. I tried it earlier, it didn't work. All right. Oh, you know what? It's 2021, there's apps for this now. Um, Okay, Uh, so bear with me, Uh, just a second. All right, okay, so I'm gonna do this. All right, didn't work that way. Um, Yeah, just don't, hold on. Okay. Let's see if it works. Oh. Wow. Um, look at that. You, you see, like the story isn't just about the birth. I mean, the love story is in the fact that this birth makes it all happen. The birth leads to the cross. The birth leads to the love that, that Christ has for us. No matter what we do, no matter how much we feel like we've come up short. Christ comes into humanity and, and, and gets it. <laughs> you know, that, that's the greatest love story ever told. It's a love story that, that says, I love, I love all of this world. It's a love story that stars you and me. It's a love story where God says, you know what? I'm going to help keep your candles burning. Even in those times of deepest despair, of exile, of sadness, I got your back. I'll walk with you. You know what? Christ is our light. Christ is our love. And for all of those movies that we watch and all of the memories that get shared and all of the, the ways that those connect, I love to hear that story. And I'll show up every year to hear that. Each and every year. I love to hear the story about God coming into this world because God loves me. Amen. Well, that's it for this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. Look for more information on faithfl.org or certainly reach out to the office if you would like to receive weekly email updates. Thank you.